I'm here with my old friend Stephen, who I've known for, for many years. And Stephen is a baker, a singer-songwriter, and a philosopher, I would say. And we've been having this uh, very long conversation over extended time and influencing each other in, in various ways. And uh, I wanted to have a conversation because I think Stephen has a few things to say. So. Um, we were just talking off mic and, and you were telling me that there was something particular you wanted to say uh, and related to, um, let's say, some of the discuss discussions that have been going on about, about uh, religion and about Jordan Peterson, about the intellectual dark web and some of the ideas that are in the air um, today. So... Speak, Stephen. Tell me, what, what is it that you have to say to us? First of all, hello, Andrew, even though we just spoke. Uh, the, uh, well, I want to talk about small groups. Um, first of all, I, year, 20 years ago, I read Rene Girard, who shocked me into realizing that there was no such thing as collective intelligence uh, and that we had to figure out. And I, was on, I knew I was on the political left. And uh, I had to, it was, I, I embarked on, on a process of trying to figure out how, how we were to optimize well-being for, 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 you know, the so-called lower class or people who, who, who don't necessarily fit into the world of success. And, uh, and, uh, and then that was a long, it was a very long journey and, and, and it, it, I, it was a very confusing one, but I, uh, I came up with this idea about 10 years ago now, which was that uh, I was, I, I, it was a sort of an idea of democratic reform. And so you'll have to sort of bear with me for a minute. Imagine you're in, imagine election day is on May the 2nd and it's, it's November. So election day is in six months time. And you have, you have as a task to form a small group. So you, you may form a small group of people you already know, or may deal with people you've never met before, and you uh, you get to know them. You talk, you get you agree and you disagree. You might spend, you might hang out, play darts or whatever, or watch sports games on television or whatever. Just get to know each other, and you 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 know that on election day you have one to ask, and that is to choose a leader out of that small group. So the group is small enough. So that each member of the group knows the other member personally. And so that's a pretty small group, actually. Uh, my feeling is that once you get above, I don't know, eight or nine, it just gets too big. And people have a tendency to split a group into two and to not make an effort to get to know everybody in the group. Okay, so well, really I, I've been thinking about this as well. And, and I, I think you can see this in, uh, you know, in all kinds of different models like uh, a football game or, or uh, a rock concert or you have a small group and, and this small group is is dynamic it's, and everybody is is in relation to each each other in in a, in, a, in a in a real way rather than an abstract way and if it gets bigger than that then it's ungovernable or un does that make any sense oh absolutely like i've imagined like a, a big arena where some sporting event has happened fifty thousand people in an arena my feeling is that the arena is full of small groups. And so 50,000 people kind of doesn't make sense. And often it, it falls into stupid collective behavior, you know, like mobs and hooliganism and stuff like that. But, uh, but in, when it's coherent, it's basically 
a bunch of small groups going to see a match. And so there's actually this deep coherency inside this large crowd. And they, and, and, and there's, a, there's a potential for that large crowd to actually relate in, uh, as small groups to other small groups. And, they, and there's this deep, there's this, we have this intu intuition for, for behaving in that way. And we tend to, uh, but I'm, I'm skipping, uh, I'm skipping off. I'd like to get to that later. Right? That, that's kind of a, that's a more complex thing. But anyway, so it's election day is coming up and you have one task and that's to choose a leader. And what happens is the level one election has just occurred. And so level one leadership, let's, let's, let's say for argument's sake, uh, and just for mathematical simplicity that the groups have to have 10 members. So, so you've just chosen leader, uh, leader, everybody in your society on election day has just chosen a level one leader. And that means that since the, the group has 10 members, that means that 90% of the population has just made their only, 90% uh, of the electorate, those who vote, have just made their only vote. And what happens is, this is in my, only in my imagination, it doesn't exist anywhere, the, uh, the level one leaders move up to the level two and then form another small group of 10. And they have an extended period of time. They have to form a small group, gotta to get to know each other, argue, agree and disagree. And their whole purpose at, at a, after a certain period of time on level two election day is to choose a leader of, of that small group and so on and so forth. So level three leaders, so a level two leader represents 100 people, level three is 1,000, and level six represents a million, et cetera. And so when you think about it, you know, if you think in terms of uh, groups of 10, it only takes 10 levels to represent the entire planet. Uh, and, you know, probably even less because not everybody votes. You know, a lot of children, kids don't vote and other people don't vote. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, so can I just stop you for a sec so I understand? So you, you want you're trying you're talking about reorganizing democracy based on small groups in some sense, right? Right. right. But not only that, it starts at the bottom, and it's a, it's a it's a it's a vision it's a it's a vision for optimizing the enfranchisement. In other words, optimizing the voice of everybody so that everybody who votes votes for someone they know personally, and nobody ever votes for someone that they don't know personally. It's always an interpersonal vote. Now, it's still a secretive vote, you know, because, you know, you, you, there's, often, there's often serious conflict inside these groups. You know, there's, it can be, it can be very, uh, there can be a lot of tension, a lot of disagreement inside these groups, and especially at the higher level, I think, and because people, uh, people are really are, are at each other, as, you know, disagree very strongly about things. But anyway, so it was just, it was an idea for optimizing, for, for optimizing in franchise. In other words, giving everybody a voice so that everybody votes and they always vote for someone they know personally. So they really feel that the vote is valuable and they really feel that it counts. Now, they only vote once. This will be, this will be part of my little vision. So you, you only vote for your level one leader. Then at level five or level six might be the mayor of your city, for example. And level seven might be the, the leader of, you know, I'm in Canada, so the, prem, the premier of your province, you know, the region of your country. And you know, level a few a few levels higher up, it would be the prime minister, you know, and that kind of thing. Or yeah, you know, and if and so you only you only vote once, but you see that certain levels represent uh, different uh, different jurisdictions, uh, political jurisdictions. Anyway, this was just a so, so just just let me stop you there. Maybe this would be easier to understand if we talked about the problematic, right, of how the system is today. Like 
why is the system not working today and and why why are you uh, you're offering this alternate model um what are you criticizing in the system as it is today in order to, to offer this model is it is it the, the lack of uh let's say i guess this this whole problem that uh um of people being left behind or being having not having a voice or 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 being um let's say a, a vo vote becomes something so abstract that it, it doesn't mean anything and people become completely cynical about, about their society or is it something yeah, like I, that? I think, uh, I think all of Western democracies right now are heading towards oligarchies, which means that uh, there's a, there's a, there's an elite group that more or less remain this elite group. They're in they, you know, the, the big corporations are in, in, are in bed basically with politicians and there's this, there's this exclusive group who 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 and it's, who run things, and it's very difficult if you're not inside that group to access it. And and there's sort of a, a privilege, and and there's a I think we we have over the last few decades developed a deep resentment over this. And the and I think the ultimate reason this has happened is after beginning in I think in the 1940s and you know really beginning early in the 20th century the unions became increasingly powerful by the time the the 50s arrived they were established and there was a period of where we we, we had a we had a sense that the lower classes had a voice through through I think primarily through the union but the union was basically broken in the 1980s I think by Reagan and and it was even more it was even broken more progressively by uh, globalization in the 1990s it seems to me and so people have had this sense of uh, economic vulnerability ever since so that's what got me thinking about right it. so that's 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 saying that that there needs to be a, a a strong voice on the left which is sort of you know when you hear peterson you 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 get the impression that oh we need to reinstate hierarchies or something and hierarchies are important and we have to go back to to hierarchies and, and respect hierarchies or respect the balance at least between uh, you know um, uh, chaos and order in the society whereas you're saying something different you're 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 actually you're actually trying to let's say valorize the left-wing politics in in a way that is different from le the, the left wing now which is is all identity politics and um let's say uh you know resentment politics and uh, you know that kind of thing absolutely well it, the small group the small group circumvents identity politics because we 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 have to get along with it with with the people in the group and we have to choose a leader and the leader moves on moves on ahead and we we do so i mean we can, it can I, i'm not saying it's it's not foolproof it's probably corruptible and it's only in my imagination that I want to insist that this, is all, this only exists as an ideal. And the reason why I wanted to uh, talk about, I wanted to introduce it because it actually accessed me to a larger sense of understanding of how the world works. But, but anyway, the, uh, back to when you mentioned uh, Jordan Peterson, he, he, I think his view on, I don't think we should, he thinks we should re return to hierarchies. I think he thinks hierarchies are just something very basic to us. And we yeah, that's right. Yeah. He, he's not... He's not proposing uh, hierarchies. He's simply saying, "Well, the you know, left sort of feels like he's valorizing uh, hierarchies, right. and they hate that because yeah. they, hierarchies, in their opinion, are the root of all evil, right? And hierarchies right. can be extremely evil, obviously. But but he's saying they're they're deep, they're part of the structure even of our brain, right? So we're going to have to work within the hierarchies to solve these problems. Yeah. So we can't just do away with them, right? Okay. So given given that 
I've accepted that Peter, Peterson's argument that uh, hierarchies are inevitable. Then what do we do? What does the left do with them? And yeah. so the left, what the left that's does the question, with them, yeah. that, that, uh, what the left does with them is uh, figure out a way for people at the bottom of those hierarchies to have a voice. And and I and I and so yeah, that's exactly me, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it seems to me that what I uh, what I just articulated, at least in ideal form. Now, one well, the problem with ideals. It's the same problem with utopianism. You know, if you if you try it, it just might be an absolute disaster. So I, I know damn well that this only exists in as an ideal, and and if it, if it is to be tried, it, it can only be tried in, in small pilot projects. Well, it, on one hand, it's an ideal, but on the other hand, it's also perhaps a, a return to forms which are quite old. Uh, it, you know, in yeah, exactly. Well, you know, for example, a church is a very small group of people. It's not a big group of people. So everybody knows each other and, you know, they shake hands in church. There's an insistence that there's a relationship between the people in the church, right? That, that, and when it gets too big, uh, it loses its soul, so to speak. Like it, it loses its, you know, meaning and identity. So, so, so I, I think probably if there's something true in what you're saying, it's probably, there's probably some deep, uh, you know, structures which mirror that. Does that make any sense? Well, that, that's exactly, I just wanted to get on to that, and you basically anticipated what I was going to talk about. So I was really excited about this as, as a vision of economic reform, and then I, I stopped thinking about it. And uh, I, uh, and, and it's just, it disappeared from my mind, and probably for a long time, maybe a couple of years, something like that. And then I had this other idea. I own, I own a business. I have a bakery, and I was and I had uh, I had at the time I think seven employees. And I remember I was working one night, and I was thinking, Gee, if I had any more employees than this, I probably couldn't manage it. Now that's just me. I, mean, I think like someone more, with more practical skills, more someone who's more practical than this person would make probably handle a bigger place, but not me. And then, but it, then I had this moment of this this insight, which is that businesses run. Uh, in small groups, and so the reason why the reason why I, I couldn't imagine myself uh, running a business with more than seven employees because that's a small group. It's an interpersonal group, mm -hmm. and if I if, if I was to get any bigger, it would have to divide into it, have to hire a manager, that kind of thing. In other words, it has to be two levels. But instead, there's just basically one level, and mm -hmm. and, and and basically running. And then I realized that 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 a business is a is a form of private property and property is essentially not really managed by an individual but by groups and 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 then it hit me that that the whole world has has only ever run in small groups i started thinking then about the kings of the past and the king you know the or even going way back in, into uh, pre uh, prehistory and i'm only imagining this so i'm not saying that this is fact this is only and uh, but imagine the alpha male of a tribe He's driven. He he he's driven to be in control. Mm -hmm. Well, how do how does he exercise control of of a given tribe? Tribe. Well, what it, what he does is he first of all he he demonstrates his dominance inside the tribe, but but he also picks out in the tribe other dominant alphas, picks mm -hmm. them out, and he exhibits to them that he is dominant over them. But he only picks out a small group. Yeah. In other words. He chooses a small group just under him so that he can control the small group. And that's all he needs to do because what they in turn do is they do the exact same thing. They choose another small group just beneath them and they control that small group. So the world has only ever run in small groups 
and it, it, it is probably only ever run from the top for yeah. a time immemorial. Well, I was talking about, I was talking with this guy, Tom Armnack, about the intellectual dark web and, and uh, they're a small group. Um, and, and he was saying that he was talking about artistic movements and each artistic movement is always a small group, like any, any oh, kind yeah. of anything in culture that anything, anything that is new or added to the culture always begins, it seems, with a small group, right? Uh, you know, uh, and if it, gets, if it gets too big, it divides into two. What's that? If the group gets too big, it divides into two. It divides and it gets watered down and it, and it loses its original force. But there's always these original guys in the beginning who, who started the yeah. whole thing, you know, like uh, the beatniks or, you know, the people in the 20s in, in, uh, in, in, in Paris or, you know, any, any kind of, well, I, I, any kind of movement is always, it's always a few guys, right? It's always. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Or even like while we're talking, me and you, you know, and, and I'm, I'm in communication with other people in a sense, we're, we're forming sort of groups of people with, with similar ideas. We're doing that right now. And, and you know, the main group might be Peterson and his gang, and then there's all these little subgroups developing yeah, yeah, yeah. around them uh, and uh, because of this revolution, uh, you know, and, uh, and with, with a whole new set of information. Um, Absolutely. No, no, no. That's, uh, and and the, the thing about small groups is there are disagreements within small groups and they have to work them out. And, uh, and also, I believe there, that every small group, once it really becomes, uh, once it develops a strong identity, you develop an intuition for who the leader of it is. And, and, and the importance of that is the leader has the power to override the small group. And we, we, if, 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 if it's just a bunch of people who uh, agree and disagree, it's not consensual, put it that way. And this, this I think, is a basic, it's something very basic to the human condition, which is that uh, small groups have leaders and 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 the members of the small group they express themselves and they may express strong disagreement with the leader but the leader still overrides in and and if the if the if someone who disagrees too strongly if someone disagrees too strongly then that person is at risk of leaving the group so there's a kind of a what holds the group together in many ways is the the knowledge of that that it has a leader mm -hmm. uh, i think so if we let's look at the intellectual dark web as a sort of test model, you have Peterson, he's obviously the, the leader, right? In the sense that he's the most, he's the most powerful of the group. And then all the other guys have different, you know, often they're, they radically disagree with them. They have different points of view, but they're all kind of a, a group, right? Is that, is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah. And then if you get a guy like Sam Harris, maybe who's an atheist and he's supposed to be part of the group, but he's not really part of the group because he wants to be a leader himself, you know, and he has his own ideas, which are much, you know, and he won't, he won't, he won't adhere to, 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 to the conversation fully, even though he's sort of a pseudo member of the group or <laughs> does that make sense? So there's a, there's an organic leader, but there isn't a, a there isn't necessarily a, a, a dominant leader. There isn't like th this dominant idea doesn't really work. It's more like no, the, leader, I, the leader isn't a, isn't an alpha. The leader is is the guy who can now, who can deal with all the other guys. I think an alpha, uh, would get, an alpha leader might get killed, right? Because because all, everybody might gang 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 up against him, and he might be kicked out of the the tribe. You know? Yeah, like like uh, like uh, Peterson says about the chimpanzee. No, I, I I agree with all that. And but also let's not forget that we've been slowly developing democracy. So we have a deeper democratic sense of how a small group should run. So we're in this evolutionary, we're, we're you know, we're evolving, we're, we're in this historical process where we're striving to make democracy work better. And it seems to me 
whether or not what I just articulated is, is, is right, uh, that nonetheless, the small group is the way around co collective stupidity. And collective stupidity seems to always end up, or collect, collective identity seems to always end up pointing fingers at people. In other words, those who are not one of us are, are you know, something that you need to blame for or whatever. Like searching for a scapegoat. We're back to, to Girard again, right? And uh, so we have to. Uh, how do we avoid that? And how do we how do we rise above our uh, our collective identities? Um, and it seems to me that that that's that is that's anyway for me that that's the only that's the way that I've you know found. So and I, I'm sort of pretty excited by that. In other words, we can probably institute institute this and and think and and sort of understand it more deeply. And and I'm sure there will, there will be all kinds of problems and. and It'll be well, is is it being instituted or, or organically through through new t technology? That's a really good question. I mean, I do think that we have an intuition for a small. I really think that everybody else. Is, and like I say, in, in groups of friends, when groups of friends become too big, when you have a group of fifteen friends, and it just automatically splits into two. And what happens is people feel like it's not interpersonal enough. And uh, and oh, this is this is something I, I wanted to say. It got me thinking about. Uh, what what it means to be a person, and I think uh, arguably what it means to be a person is to be interpersonal. So the making of a person is huh. uh, is, is an interpersonal process. Now, this I think I've been playing with the idea that this is the female counterpart of individualism, which is arguably derivative of of sovereignty, which mm -hmm. is you know quintessentially male in its origins. Mm -hmm. So we have individualism comes come there's individualism is male and personhood of, or, or or personalism if you will is female they they're two sides of the same thing mm -hmm. and personalism seems to me really is much more aware of the interpersonal dimension of becoming a person interesting well that's that's great because that's kind of what i've always you know peterson is assisting on individual sovereignty all the time he's saying individual sovereignty and you almost can't get past that conversation with him and and uh and then you want to say groups but you don't want to you don't want to groups Groups he always views in a negative, in a, in a negative, in a negative light. Even though he himself is dependent on on, this, on on certain, you know, on his group, right? He's you know he 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 made his name based on you know going to certain guys and creating this kind of group, and his the group sustains him. But he's he's so that you could say there's a there's a codependence between the group and the and, and the individual, right? So the individual yeah. can't be the individual without his small group, right? He he he's fragmented. He's Yep. Is, that, is that what you mean? He's he's absolutely he's he's isolated. He's in he's he's a, without his group, right? Or without our group. Or, or. No, I agree completely. And I'm also inclined to think that the 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 more you go, the lower you go in a in a hierarchy, the more you it, it it's the more it uh, it's benefit it's useful to think in terms of persons. But the higher you get into a hierarchy, the more it becomes it's more articulate to think in terms of individuals. So at the highest level, you have these, 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 these people, you know, first of all, they're not out there on this, on some level, they got their shit together. And so they, uh, now they, that doesn't mean they're not sinners. Can you explain that? I'm not, I'm not that clear about that. Why are the people in the lower hierarchy persons and, and the people higher on the hierarchy individuals? Well, let's take, for example, children. Children don't become persons. They don't become, you know, a whole human beings as adults, unless they're, they're supported by all these people, these groups, the people around them. 
And so it's an interpersonal process of becoming a person. And this is more or less obvious. Becoming an ego in, 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 you know, in Newman's terms is society develops and the ego kind of develops, right? You develop an ego, right? Uh -huh. He says the ego develops, um, you know, we can only have rationality and, and science and all these things when the ego has, has developed, when the person can become reflective enough to, you know, to otherwise, otherwise, otherwise we're just part of a, 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 a you know, a, we're just part of this collectivity, a collective mind, right? My feeling is that that exists in degrees. And so the ego is, is, is a variation on the individual, but it's also a variation on the person. And mm -hmm. so... Uh, since there are many levels, if you think of small groups and you think of men, like like I just talked about my my electric my democratic hierarchy, there's many 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 levels, and with each level, you're you're you are individuating more and more, and so we have this, and 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 it's also I think in terms of human development, it, it's very difficult to move from one level to the next, which is why we often. There's a lot of fear and suffering and stuff when, when we're when we're transferring to another level. Fears of yeah. Mm -hmm. And 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 the reason is uh, they they have different languages. They they're they're actually different cultures. They so so at the very highest level. I was just thinking about. Think well, that's kind of the integral. I don't know. You don't know much about the integral model, but the integral model is that you move from orange to blue to to green. You 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 or it's blue to orange to green. It's you move from a let's say a national society where it's it's really the tribe and the clan and, and, and the nation and then you move up into an international society where it's all about business and you know ind individuals and then you move to a green society where it's all about you know it's all about you know more larger you know it's all about um you know uh it's, it's more universal in, in its ideas and you keep moving up and then you get to a certain level it's called second tier you go above second tier you're able to integrate the the previous levels uh -huh. Rather than just judging the world from whatever level you're at and deciding that the people at the lower levels are, are bad. Sorry. Yeah. So anyway, it just it sounds like what you're describing is similar to, to to uh, to this integral idea where the previous there's like previous level integrates the previous level and then after you get a cer certain point you're you're able to have you're able to integrate all the pre the the lower levels and understand them and and. Uh, uh, that, I guess maybe that's when you become more an individual in the sense that, that you're talking about. Well, if, that's, if, that's a bit vague, but if, yeah. if this democratic model is actually a reflection of what re really is anyway, uh, mm -hmm. then it's uh, then with each level, the numbers are reduced exponentially. It's, if there's a relationship of uh, negative exponential as, as you go up, in other words, uh, you know, well, you can think of it the opposite, the opposite way. A level one leader represents uh, 10 people. A level two leader represents 100. A level three represents 1,000. Well, if you think of it in reverse, then the numbers are going down at the same rate, at the same exponential rate. And so whether, you know, if you think about these different levels of integrating, then the, the people at the top are, are, are very small numbers. And, and then the people at the next level down, are, are a, a certain exponential power, you know, uh, they're, they're whatever, you know, and it keeps keeps going up, the number of people at every given level keeps going up exponentially. Well, how, how do you avoid that beca becoming a, a stratified kind of medieval kind of kind of society? Democracy. What? Democracy. Democracy. Oh, vote, yeah. The voting business, the, 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 people, yeah. the fact yeah. that you have the decision in, in, in who's the leader and stuff, and okay. Yeah. And, new people every election. You're sending up new people every election. Right. Uh, 
But the thing well, is, there's, the movement, there's movement through the hierarchy. It's not, it's not, it's not, a, it's not stuck, static, stable, fixed, fixed world. There's always this, this circulation. Yeah. And my guess, the change, it's just a guess that the change of power would be more radical. The change of, you know, decision, decision making, the same, the, the, the change of ideological, change of ideological perspective would, would, would happen more rapidly and you would have, it would be more dynamic. So you, you, I'm only imagining of this, of course. And so you, you would, uh, it would fix. You know what happens is societies entrench themselves in one way of being for too long, and then it's like turning around this massive ship, and it's just a, it's you know it's a huge huge amount of suffering. But if we're turning the ship a little bit all the time, then uh, then it, uh, it, it it you know there's way less pain and way more benefit it seems to me, and we we address. You know, we're, we're less, much less able to ignore problems. So if you have these, this, this more dynamic uh, electoral system, which sends up people who are, who are better able to address the, the problems that, that we have, then, uh, then, uh, then it's, uh, anyway, that's, that's just, it was just an idea about small groups, which, I, which kind of, which I thought was the solution to uh, the collective problem of, uh, of, first of all, identity politics, but also, the idea that people, people are this way, almost everybody is at the bottom of hierarchy, you know, or if you're a songwriter, you know, most songwriters never sell a song, you know, they never, they never make a sense with their song. And yeah. that's, that's uh, normal. It's not, uh, and, and so how do we, how do we, how do we make it so that, that, that those hierarchies actually make, make sense? How do, how do they actually provide for people and also maximize people, people's potential at the bottom? Right. I mean, at the top, they 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 got there because they they they're better at at, at fulfilling their potential. They're well, just, probably there's too much dead dead weight up here. You know, people who are just up there for no reason. They're just you know, and then there's there's probably too much potential down here. You know, uh, yeah. this this seems to be the problem is is that you know, a guy like you who 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 writes these sublime songs. You know, you know who's gonna who's gonna take you on and 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 how how, how to get your songs to, to you know. It's, it's like it's like it does there doesn't seem to be structures in place that um there are structures but there doesn't seem to be structures that 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 valorize uh quality or talent or or you know. well i think and I, I don't think peterson says this really clearly but he kind of says it he says basically you know uh uh are inherently conservative and so it's conscientiousness is rewarded is rewarded at the higher level of hierarchy but but uh you know the, the left winger yeah. is typically High in openness and low in conscientiousness, which is not particularly conducive to rising up hierarchies. Yeah, and yeah. So yeah, there's actually there's actually a fair bit of intelligence down at the bottom of hierarchies. People are not rising up, not succeeding between you know in quotes. Yeah. They, uh, and it's because of their temperament. Uh huh. And 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 so in other words. Well, it's because they can't be two things at one time. They can't be the the effective, you know, promoter, manager, and the artist at the same time. <laughs> So exactly. you need, you do need the group. You do need it comes back to our, our discussion of groups. So you do need uh, the, you do need the guy that's uh, going to uh, you know who's who's going to do that. Who's high in conscientiousness, you know, to help the clowns like me and you who are low in conscientiousness and high in openness, you know, to to actually find you know to to to, to take that and, and and bring it into uh, embodied form in the world or something like that. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. So the small group uh, brings together these uh, different. <laughs> yeah, I never thought of that, but that, that, that's true. No, that's absolutely true. 
Uh, I was going to say something else. Uh, yeah, the well, I mean, the it's the five the five traits thing. Just that that's kind of blow, blow, blown my that kind of blown my mind because again, it's 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 I guess it's ten. It's again, it's that number again. You said ten ten. There's actually two parts of every trait. You know, there's an openness. There's 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 the more uh, mathematical type of openness and the more you know lateral thinking type of openness and uh, you know. Uh, so there's there's about ten different traits maybe running around you know qualities or styles of person you know and if you have the right balance of all those then you have like what you know you would call in Buddhism a mandala would be with like a complete a complete world right but if you have all these people in in different places sort of working working their asses off but not really succeeding because they don't have the right people around them or or, or support right yeah yeah absolutely. Yeah, uh, I, 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 that's pretty much all I have to say about Franco. So I, I, I'd be tempted to, like, I have this, this what I consider to be a threefold uh, uh, theory about uh, uh, getting us out of our fix. Because uh, one, 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 one big fix we have is environmental. Mm -hmm. uh, the other is democratic reform. And the third, I think, is, is this huge fear, which may not happen, but this huge fear of mass redundancy, which is encroaching upon us. In other words, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy numbers of people are going to be put out of work because of robotization and what and whatnot. And and so this, I've been thinking that this is a this is three sides of the exact same problem. So what I just articulated was economic uh, democratic reform, uh, and 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 how small groups is a way uh, out of that. But another idea I had, maybe maybe I shouldn't get into it now because it's it's, it's a longer journey. But no, it's fine. That, it's about uh, it's about what I call the reusable economy, like in in environmental uh, lore, environmental uh, ethics. There's the the, the three-step process of reduce, reuse, and recycle. You've heard, I'm sure you've heard that reduce, reuse, recycle. So redu reducing your consumption of packaging and of sh of stuff mm -hmm. is the best thing, and re reusing is is the next best thing. So if you have a plastic bag. First of all, the best thing to do is to not consume plastic bags. And then the second best thing to do is to reuse your plastic bags if you are consuming them. And the third best thing, if, you, if, you're, if you're not, re if you're not re uh, reducing and you're not reusing, is to recycle. In other words, to put them into, uh, into the city recycling where they will be uh, turned into something else, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. So this is a, a standard established ethic for environmentalism and i've been thinking about this and i realized well i don't know if i realized but i'm I've been well, that, can i stop you just for a second there yeah. seems there seems to be uh two modes of thought right one is extremely pessimistic right where we're, we're on the titanic drinking our champagne and we're we're gonna go to hell in it very soon and then the other mode of thought is like the steven pinker mode of thought it was just where we're getting better and better every day and there's less poverty and and, and all that except the problem with that view is not the long view it's 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 like uh, because in the long view it looks kind of catastrophic but in the short view it seems it seems to be uh everything's getting better so so um i just wanted to throw that in like so 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 uh so you're kind of that's kind of what where you're going in, in terms of like uh, okay well to be optimistic that problem to be optimistic, uh, the idea, I mean, uh, the great technological revolution which has made us 
made us rich and is making the whole world rich really fast is arguably uh, it's it's just a learn may maybe just a learning process. It might take fifty years. Maybe maybe it'll take a hundred years, and then we'll figure it out how to uh, how to how to live alongside nature and allow nature to thrive. How to not you know how to not be rendering species extinct you know at at the crazy rate that we're doing. And we could probably figure that out uh, over time. And 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 it's it's all brand new. In other words, we're we're new to this, and so we haven't got a clue what it's about really. But we're learning very very quickly. So there's, real, there's a very optimistic argument that this is just going to work itself out in time just because we're busy working it out. Yeah. And, uh, and so there's lots of, there's lots of reason for uh, optimism, I think. Now, that doesn't mean that's going to happen. It could be a disaster. But my, uh, what I was, this, this idea of mine about environment, and I don't know much about environmentalism, uh, but I've been thinking about mass redundancy. Here's the thing. The, the, um, imagine you're in a neighborhood and in, in some time in, in the near future, and there's a, there's, a, there's a new law, not only, much more than a law, a new ethic is deeply in place in your neighborhood, and this is the ethic. No garbage is allowed ever to leave your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Imagine all the garbage that gets put out once a week uh, on, on the street and gets picked up. Yeah. Not, and that includes, that includes sewage, by the way. Everything that gets flushed down the toilet is not allowed to leave your neighborhood. Nothing is allowed to leave. So what, what happens then? So what happens then is people uh, organize in a very serious kind of way. So, you know, glass and plastic and rubber tires and car wrecks, uh, all these type of things have to be organized and they have to be looked at. They have to be repurposed in one form or another. And I'm willing to, I'm, I'm interested in the idea that this, in, this in, in and of itself may be the solution to our, our problem of mass redundancy because we produce so much shit. We, it's crazy how much garbage. I mean, just the work, just the work of, of recycling our, our 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 stuff. Yeah, well, we well, we're forced to repurpose it. And in repurpose our own it's it's, uh, I, it's very easy for me to imagine all this garbage being used to, to build houses. It's, it's it's not it's not it's not a difficult thing to imagine. No, but not only that, it can you can your car engines can be used to run all kinds of mills. You can do all kinds of stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm imagining in my head the return what? to an old. Uh, neighborhood trade type thing with seamstresses re- repurposing clothing and, and tailors and whatnot and blacksmiths and melting down metals and and people taking windows uh, from uh, from houses that are being torn down. Isn't and- that like what people do in like in the favelas in in Brazil in in, in some way? Like how are we going to do that with our with our you know uh, with our types of lifestyles that that, that we have? I mean. It, 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 uh, it would have, one way one way to do it and this is what I, this is the right wing proud of me is to one way to do it is to have a something like a 30 year plan where people know that it, it, gradually over a 30 year period we will completely and utterly eliminate all forms of social welfare and that means no socialist no monetary social system no employment insurance no workers compensation no low income, low income housing for those who need it and so they know that this process is in place and they're, they're going to have to spend the next 30 years learning how to repurpose every single item of waste so as to make a living. And, and I'm convinced. That's, that's kind of different than the, the, a bit different than the, um, uh, what's it called, the, the guaranteed income that people are Oh, having. no, I, 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 was think, I was thinking a lot about guaranteed income and I was attracted to it for a while. And then I uh, began to think of it as, as, as the hell on earth. You know, we're just going to become, uh, you know, uh, we're going to become something very undesirable. 
uh, I, or, or at least we may. And I, you well, know, we've maybe, already have become something quite un undesirable, haven't we? In some sense, like uh, I was, I've been listening to, uh, paying attention to. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of the black conservative uh, thinker Thomas Sowell. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I have a little bit. We talked about this a little bit. Uh, that the introduction of social welfare in the 1960s was very had a very negative impact on on Black Americans. Uh, they were basically progressing fairly in a fairly organic way through through in 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 the first half of the 20th century, and uh, and and the introduction what the, what what was known as the war on poverty basically set them back in his opinion. And turn them into uh, it, uh, it, it, it turned the black uh, black American identity into something you know like welfare recipients which they were not, and yeah. and, and and it was it was it was unintentional, and it, and it basically it, it cloistered them in, in a certain pocket of society where they where they had not been before. Uh -huh, uh, right. That's only that's only one side of the argument. I mean, it just seems to me that the, uh, so that's the argument. Like when your your best intentions create a hell on earth or something. You're you're. Trying yeah. to make everybody happy, create a help. You take away their uh, like uh, sense of responsibility, or, or um, you know. Thomas Sowell has a really interesting argument. He basically said that in the late 19th century, there were very, very deliberate uh, uh, policies put in place, very deliberately racist policies put in place to, to in the in the American South to to keep black people down, and it was deliberate, and it was it was there was no. Uh, there was no hiding it. It was, it was explicitly racist, and it didn't work. The, the, he, he showed that uh, the black American black American people they, they actually did fairly well. They 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 got they prospered during that period. They did fairly well, and they progressively did well right through the 20th century until, in his view, until the war on poverty. And so, in other words, there was a deliberately racist policy was put in place to deliberately keep black people down. It it had, in his opinion, possibly the reverse effect. And then in the 1960s. There was a deliberately a deliberate effort to to mitigate racism and to 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 improve the lives of those considered to be the poor. It also had a negative effect. Had the reverse effect in, in his in his view. So he's basically saying social policy does not have what what we intended to have, and to be so be aware of so, which is why he became a conservative. I think in was part of why he became a conservative. Well, this this may be something that I've been thinking about. Is I was, I've been thinking about conservatism. Right, and yeah. uh, um, it seems that the most intelligent view is, that, on one hand, very progressive and very conservative at the same time. I was thinking again. I was thinking of musicians who are good, right? And they always have an attachment to tradition in some kind of way, but also they're also way in the future in some kind of way. You know, like William Blake right. or even Bob Dylan is a very—he's a traditionalist. Like he's always. And he does the most radical thing. So the most radical thing is, is, is it's like this, I don't know, a double arrow thing of, of looking forward and looking back at the same time. You're, you're, you're very aware of the tradition, but at the same time, you, you, you know, you can, you can see beyond it or, or something like that. I totally agree. Completely agree. So uh, I was always very negative about conservatism somehow. And, and uh, somehow I've, I'm understanding it, it more. It's because, because progressives tend to run away with everything, and, and and they end again. They end up making everything worse through through. The, they end up making a hell of their best intentions. 
Well, the very basic principle of conservatism, I think, was articulated by uh, Sir Edmund Burke. I've never read him, but I've it's been, he's been explained to me, which was that uh, be, it, it was basically this, be careful when you go about changing things, because you may see all these problems, uh, but that doesn't mean you see, uh, you may see how things are not working. Mm -hmm. It may be clear to you how things are not working, but, but, it, but it may not be one bit clear to you how things are actually working. So there's, there might be all these dimensions that you don't see and, and things work. And when things are working well, you don't recognize it because it's working. Yeah. It's really only, you know, when, you, when you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't think about your knee until your knee, until your knee starts to hurt you. You, know? you start to get arthritis in your knee or something. Then, then you think about it all the time. Yeah. And, so, uh, and so all these things that are working, and, and that, and so if you're going to go about changing society, then you have to, uh, you, you better damn well uh, be, 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 be open to the fact that you might make it a hell of a lot worse. And that's kind of, that's basically the, the basic principle of conservatism. Don't change what works. But the problem is, quite often, we don't know what works. We don't know something that... Yeah, well, yeah, that just keeps us stuck in some kind of mode. Uh, whereas, you know, we also always have to jump out into the unknown and, 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 and experiment or learn. I guess it's just where you, where you put the parameters. I've been thinking that the word, I hate the word progressive. It's a, it's a self-flattering word to be a progressive. I think the real, the real word for, for uh, uh, left-wing people is experimental. So the opposite of conservatism is experimentalism. So I think we, be, it, would be, it would be a good idea if we change the term, the, the dichotomy, the political dichotomy between the, in, in, in that way. Conservatives, conservatism. Conservatism makes perfect sense. Uh, the other side is experimentalism. You don't know what you're was doing. That you're liberal? Only... Is, is that what you would call liberal? Is that yeah, a I, don't like, I don't like the word liberal. Uh, I think the word liberal really belongs in the center. Uh, I don't like the way the, in the United States, for example, they, they, they have this division between conservatives and liberals. Now, the word liberal does mean freedom, right? It means free. So when you're free, you're free to try stuff. You're free to do stuff. I suppose there's a sense in which there's a bit of overlap there. But I think it'd be more tech, it would be more technically correct to call a left-winger an experimentalist. An experimenter. It doesn't work. You have to think of something else. It's not um, punchy enough. An experimenter. Okay. <laughs> it, it won't stick. It doesn't stick until it has this resonance. That, a, like new, the, a new name for the left for the left uh, project. In the U.S., uh, a liberal means a left winger, but that's not that's that's only in the U.S. In Canada, it, it technically means it, it means a centrist. And and and, and in yeah, Europe, right? In Canada, it means a centrist. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's that's confusing. Anyway, so the back to the recycle, back to the reusable thing. It seems to me that all of these products, all kinds of products, clothing. Uh, if you tear down a house, all this wood that's in the house and the siding, the tin cans, all this stuff. It, you know, we've we've gone through this great uh, effort to take it out of the ground or harvest it from the trees or take it out of the ocean, and we've transformed it into all these product products, yeah. and and then. And then we just throw it away, or we, we give it to charity or something. You know, apparently, seventy five percent of clothing that goes to, that goes to a charitable clothing stores they don't get uh, they don't get used in uh, as clothing in, in the stores. They don't get sold. So, in other words, it makes way more sense to take the big pile of clothing that, that gets produced in a neighborhood on a, on a fairly regular basis and to repurpose it in one, one form or another. It can, be, it can be repurposed in all kinds of ways. So, I guess my point is, you have this many step process before a product ends up on the shelf and, and we buy it. But all you're doing when you're repurposing a, pro, uh, a product is going back one step. 
So this great effort, uh, this great process of taking it out of the ground or harvesting it or whatever and putting it in a factory where, where it gets transformed in something, and then the packaging, all of this difficult capital, capitalist pro process has, is done for us. And all we do is go, go back one step, and in a sense, we remanufacture what, what all this, this waste that we have. In a way, that's sort of beginning to happen, isn't it? Maybe, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, I'll put it this way. I don't Maybe think in very think small and, and rather, you know, token ways, but, uh, you know. I don't think sense. recycling to me is very expensive and very energy. And it, it, it consumes an enormous amount of energy for, for what mm -hmm. it does. You know, cars get crushed down and smelted and stuff. Now, maybe that makes sense. But maybe I'm wrong. And and all the packaging, you know, our cereal boxes and stuff, they just get, you know, they just get crushed down and recycled and something. It seems to me that we could be more intelligent with the way with the way we use this stuff. And not only that, it could potentially provide a livelihood for the bottom base of our society. In other words, you're talking about an urbane return to something like a subsistence economy, except you're using the you're using the leftovers of capitalism in order to do so. Now, I know that in, in poor countries, they do this anyway, but mm -hmm. you could be more organized. The government could be involved so it's creating a, a, a more sensible infrastructure so as to encourage this, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's just an idea. So there's my, uh, my big ideas there. They're kind of big ideas. So, so we got, we got, we got, we've, we've, together we've managed to uh, re, re, purpose democracy and, uh, uh, and work, I think. <laughs> yeah, redefine. Democratic reform, uh, figuring out ways to make the bottom of our society m more viable without looking for handouts. So in other words, this makes perfect sense. And, uh, and, then, and well, it also eliminates the negativity of the, of the social welfare society, all the, you know, the various handouts that, that come with it. Yeah. Well, again, this, I, I don't know, I, I guess Peter, we, we talk probably too much about Jordan Peterson, but this, this, this shift from a rights, you know, this is my right to this and this and this is, an, it's like an adolescent, um, it's a, like an adolescent society, right? Who demands rights from everything and won't give back. Right. So, so then, so then discovering that what people at the bottom, what people who are in hell or in, in bad shape or, 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 you know, are just in poverty, what might bring them back would be, you know, some sense of responsibility. But then the tricky thing is how do you do that without just hurting them into some kind of, you know, you know, more and more and more of these, you know, programs to, fix people or yeah i mean uh, one of the things that attracts me about this uh, reusable economy idea is is it's it's kind of free people are just people are left alone you're not telling them what to do you just take you you do there is a vision a, a larger structural vision but you're not telling people what to do you're not you're not and you're not, you're not uh it, it, there's a kind of this free it's kind of like the bottom it's like a subsistence capitalism there's still you know, I don't know. A lot of people don't realize this, but the word capital simply means tools. That's all it means. Mm -hmm. And so, one of the reasons why we think of capitalism as being centered around money is because money is such a powerful tool. Uh -huh. so really, but uh, all basically everything we use is a tool, and everything we use is a tool of production. 
So if you think of a, a plastic bag, for example, that we repurpose, well, that's a tool. So that's, it's the, the bottom of, of capitalism. And, that's and, capital then, a tool is, is capital. That's anything, uh, the technical term for capital is tools of production. But when you think about that, when I, well, I've thought about this and I think that's actually redundant term. Tools, all tools are productive, at least potentially. So the term tools of production is a is a is a redundant term. It has it has it has the same meaning twice in it. That's what redundancy means. So so it, all tools are tools of production. So basically tools. So uh, capitalism is an ideology which is based on tools. That's what capitalism. Uh, that's how I understand it. So and and anybody who thinks that we, we you know tools aren't what have, aren't what has made things really work for us that's it's, it's obviously extremely important you know we're not getting around it's it's simply a part of who we are so 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 we have to integrate tools or what you know capitalism in, in some sense in a society we have to have this this dynamic uh creative force uh -huh. Without without it, it, it without it being run by gangsters or, or yeah exactly so it's a, it's mm -hmm. a sort of a anyway that's a simple way of talking about it well I'm thinking the bottom of I mean and we're going we're sort of, we're going a bit too far now I think but I think the the bottom of my vision of the bottom of all economics is subsistence in other words it's not very monetary it might be a little bit monetary but it's not very at the very bottom of like for example when you live in your house. You don't pay someone to, to, to wash your dishes. You wash your own dishes. And that means it's, you're doing work for, for which you don't get paid. And you're doing work which does not entail the exchange of money. And so the, at the very base of our like economic- looking after children or, or- At the very base of our economic lives, an enormous amount of work is done without the exchange of money. And that's mm -hmm. arguably the most important economic work. Uh, and, and it's just, to me, I think that it's only when you start to rise up in the, in the hierarchy of economics that money gets involved. And at the bottom, there's all this work that being done, which which is it's totally non-monetary. And that's you know the tech, I think I call that subsistence economy. You know, in other words, my definition of subsistence economy is economics which does not entail monetary exchange. So, mm -hmm. so if you think about this repurposing idea, this reusable idea, then you're engaged in extremely dynamic. Uh, everybody's doing it, and if we're we're highly organized in neighborhoods, so that for example, the cardboard. In this big slot, and the the uh, the wood, the lumber goes here. The the uh, the car tires go here. The heavy metals go there. The the windows go here, and then the, and the glass. And all of this, absolutely every scrap of it is, is necessarily reused because it's not allowed to leave in the neighborhood. Although you know it'll just pile up there unless you reuse it. So people figure out ways to do it. They make foundations. They build houses. They use the wind. They use car windows to do put windows in their houses. They do all kinds of things. They build their houses for free. They figure out ways to build greenhouses. They grow their own food. They, they, in other words, this develops progressively in a manner which, uh, and the, the, here's, the, here's the environmental side of all of this. There's a real big argument that the, the real trick to environment, to the biggest problem of, our, of, our, of, of, an, of an, us damaging the environment is containment. We're not, we, we throw our shit away. We, we, we push it away and, and let it, let it and so instead of, instead of containing absolutely everything and reusing it, if we contain it and reuse it, then it won't go, it's not gonna affect nature, so to speak, if you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One idea about, uh, here's another idea about the future. Uh, uh, I don't know if you've looked up indoor agriculture, high rise farming and stuff. Yeah, yeah. 
that's probably going to take off in the next few decades. And uh, cities are going to vertical farming, you mean, and things like that. Yeah, all the food is going to be built in in skyscrapers in cities, and and that means that the uh, all this land that's being used for agriculture will be turned to wilderness. So the the, the animals are going to get their habitat back. I think. Uh, the, and this may happen very quickly, it, and it may just be the, the free market dynamics which will... Uh, which well, have you seen that video as when they reintrodu reintroduced wolves to Yellowstone National Park? The entire, you know, it's it amazing that the entire ecosystem regenerated because of the introduction of, of wolves. Oh, uh, really? Wow. There's this amazing video about that, and, and you know, because because uh, uh, it turns out that it, it turns out that it's not just you know it's not just the plants it's it's uh, you need to have these predator animals to have a completely you know sound ecosystem and and, and uh, anyway I thought yeah that's right so so yeah that that would be uh, um, that would be the future I think is is, is yeah re well I think this rewilding idea seems to be. Yeah, 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 no, I no, I think that's what happened. Seems to be important. Yeah. No, I'm optimistic about all that stuff. Uh, but I do think I'm, I'm much, I'm, I'm more, uh, I'm really scared about mass redundancy, about the fact that people feel not only that they, they don't have work, but they have meaningless work. That's oh yeah, yeah. Or, well, uh, well, I mean, the optimistic thing is the meaningless jobs will, will go away, right? You know, uh, that's, because yeah. there's all these people in China who are working for Foxconn, and, and they had to build a, a net around the around the building because they were committing suicide. I mean, imagine the work conditions there. And then the guy replaces them with robots and the robots, you know, do all these manual uh, jobs, you know, they were getting crippled and, but then they don't have jobs. So what are all these, what are all these hordes of people, you know, going to do precisely? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the, that's the question. Oh, what, kind of work, what kind of work was that? What, what was, was putting together computers and iPhones and, 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 and that sort of thing. And they had these people living in these little dormitories with 10 people. And, you know, that, again, the company built a net around because <laughs> people were jumping out the window. Uh, uh, so, so that's just like, okay, then, 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 so the robots, the guy, the guy says, Oh, we're going to play, replace that with, with robots. Uh, well, that's nice, but then all these people are going to be out of a job. So, so you're 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 fucked either way. You know, what are people going to do? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I've heard statistics like ninety, even the engineer jobs that people are studying for right now, like uh, are, are are going to be done by algorithms. But so, what the hell are people going to do? Like, you know, take acid or uh, go to Burning Man festivals, or I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, I'm inclined to think uh, society of leisure. Or it's not not likely because you know people people need need challenge and difficulty, yeah. struggle to, yeah. to become. Anyway, that's my. So you're repurposing shit all the time, and, mm -hmm. and then the, and the more the more people become unemployed, the more they get end up in the repurposing economy, so to speak, uh, including food and 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 you, the use of sewage to create compost so it's growth, <laughs> etc. Uh, and and so we, there's this real. I, anyway, I kind of feel that neighborhoods could once again become micro-regional as a result, and extremely beautiful because people are crafting their neighborhoods much more in a much more individual way because of everything they're doing with all the shit that that they have mm -hmm. to uh, deal with. That's kind of a little, little, little vision. <laughs> anyway, I think that's pretty much all I got to say, Andrew. Okay. Um... You got something to say?